0: We're going to get ourselves into a good message tonight. As we go on, we've been talking about the different holidays on and off. And tonight we want to bring the message on this thing about Valentine's Day. We want to talk a little bit about that tonight. So, Trust me, I need to get me a little fortification, a little extra army to build up behind me, so I need to get the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and the band angels for this one. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we ask you that now, Lord, that you would hold up my hands, Lord. I ask you to do the holding up. I ask you, Lord, to stand up here and you preach this message, not me, Lord. Because it ain't me who does the preaching. It's you, Lord. It's your word. All I could say, Lord, is what you told me in the Bible. That if I would just open my mouth in that self same hour, that you'd give me that which to speak. So, Lord, I ask you right now that that be what you would do. You would give me the message, Lord. The message is so desperately needed this afternoon, Lord Jesus, for that person who needs to hear it. Because of them not realizing the truth about this holiday called valentine's what does it really mean what does it stand for lord do they really know and why are they doing it so lord right now we ask you lord that you would just show their hearts what they really need to know in the name of jesus amen all right as we do when we start talking about these we're going to have Ruthie go ahead and read here about what this holiday is. Then we're going to look into God's Word as to what He has to say about it. We're going to first, before we start tonight, we're going to open to a verse that talks about love. And then we're going to come back to. We're going to let Ruthie read. And then we're going to come back to this. And tell the truth on this Valentine's thing. Amen? The verse is this. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tell the best love story you've ever heard. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, how about it tonight? How about it? Do you know Jesus tonight? Well... We're going to go into this Valentine's thing and find out a little truth about little old Valentine. We're going to take a look at what this holiday is all about. We're going to let Ruthie Reed tell us a little bit about Valentine's Day, and then we're going to see what the Bible has to say.
1: When observed February 14th, earliest observance, Middle Ages. Everyone knows that St. Valentine's Day is that day of the year when friends and lovers express affection for one another through cards, candy, and flowers whatever means the imagination can find. But, no one is quite certain who this Saint Valentine was, or, more appropriately, who these Valentines were. Cupid. Cupid, the Roman god of love, son of Venus, commonly represented as a winged boy with bow and arrows. A similar winged being, or representation of one, especially as symbolical of love, desire, and passion. Valentine Cards amorous addresses Charles Duke Orleans is often credited with being one of the early creators of those poetical or amorous addresses called Valentines from his confinement in the Tower of London the Battle of Agehort in 1415 he sent his wife Valentine poems which were rhymed love letters Valentine gifts on hearts and flowers today the giving of gifts on St. Valentine's Day is still popular they generally take the form of heart-shaped boxes of candy and lockets, flowers, although some ladies receive expensive jewelry. The Roman festival Lubercalia The most plausible theory for St. Valentine's Day traces its customs back to the Roman Lupercalia, a feast celebrated in February in honor of the pastoral god Lupercus, and Roman version of the Greek god Pan. Also a time for divination. St. Valentine's Day, and it has been a favorite times for doing something with love charms.
0: We got a problem here, Houston. Houston, we definitely got a problem. Uh, the first one, this winged boy, they're trying to portray him as an angel who brings love. By using a bow and arrow who shoots at somebody and all of a sudden they fall in love. Uh, Yeah, I guess it is a little bit of divination in there. Amen. Uh, And I also do see a little bit of divination in all this mess of uh, uh, sending Valentine's, your sweetie, and all that junk. And you notice it had pagan. It said there was pagan roots involved in this with a pantheist god named Pan Involved. Uh, does anybody find a biblical problem with that? Uh, I think I think I find a big problem with that. Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 14, Ruthie. I think uh, Danny's right. We find us a big problem with that. According to the Bible, there's a huge problem with that and false gods, and worshipping, and and divination, I find a problem with that, according to the Word of God. Uh, Come on over here, Ruthie, and let's read this here. Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. We're going to look at 10 to 14. 10 to 14. 14. I think we're going to find some real good stuff here. We're going to take care of this Valentine's Miss a quick like.
1: Okay. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God, for these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observer of times, and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do.
0: Yep. Houston, I think we got a big-time problem. Uh, the Bible said you're not supposed to do so. You're not supposed to do that wicked, rotten sin. Not supposed to do that. Not supposed to at all be involved in witchcraft, divination. You're not supposed to be doing that. And here they're doing it with their so-called cupid, by uh, sending—he's supposed to fly by and shoot you in your heart. And he make you fall lovey-dovey with somebody. That's divination. It's the devil. That's a false god that you're worshiping. And, and, and I find another problem with it. What do they call the holiday itself? Saint. Ooh. Now, wait a minute. What does it say about old Satan himself? Satan is, appears as an angel of light. He makes himself look good. Oh, this is only St. Valentine's Day. Same thing with the old Satan clause is what it is. Oh, well, St. Nicholas used to come around and give gifts. Well, yeah, he may have given gifts, boys and girls, but let me tell you something. The original St. Nicholas, he was actually, what his main objective was, wasn't to try to convince the Catholic cult in the Trinity. They didn't believe in a Trinity before that. Hello? Most people didn't know that. Most people don't know that. But see, if you're going to be like Brother Danny here who's got a burden for the JWs, you need to know their past. Well, the Catholics originally never believed in a Trinitarian doctrine. They only believed in Jesus as being divine. He was God, but that was the only God. And they believed Mary was the mother of God. See, if Jesus was God, then he had to be the, she had to be the mother of God. So they had to raise her up to a deity. You see what I'm saying? So St. Nicholas came by saying, wait a minute. Oh, no. No, no. No, 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 no. There was a Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They didn't even acknowledge the other two parts of the Godhead. Shamey, shamey. Big time shamey. So they took... And he was giving gifts to emphasize look, there's something more here that you're missing. So he took, and he was giving gifts. Well, next thing you know, people change it from St. Nicholas to Santa Claus. They change the story around. And next thing you know, you got some dumb idiot, fatso, flying around on an un- aerodynamic sled pulled by a bunch of unflyable reindeer. Okay? That supposedly hauling every toy for every kid, boy, and girl in the world on one little teeny sled. Hello, scientific impossibility, boys. Okay? Yeah. So the point I'm making here is that this St. Valentine, his original thing was he was trying to send rhymed poems to his wife. He was just trying to do something good for her because he was stuck in prison because he was going to be killed for the name of Jesus. That's who he was. But what did they do? They twisted that thing around now to say, well, we all should do this on this certain holiday. Why? Because the the, the pagans had to have a holiday. The Catholic Church, what they originally did, they took a lot of pagan holidays. So this being the beginning of that uh, spring solstice, this is the near the end of the winter solstice and now they cuz the mid winter solstice is what we got as christmas the catholic church changed it from the winter solstice to christmas now we got the spring as it's starting to come and they there was a holiday in there in between that the druids would celebrate and they that would say look we got to celebrate this holiday to have holiday in between the two, and the Catholic Church says, oh no, we're not going to celebrate pagan holidays, so we're going to change it. Oh, wait a minute, there's this Christian, he was sending love notes, why don't we just call it Valentine's Day? So, successfully, the Catholic Church has taken a lot of holidays and put a Christ emphasis or a love emphasis on it. Unfortunately, though, it's still got pagan roots. Hello, you're still out there worshiping some guy with a bow and arrow? And he is actually a god flying around, has the ability, the magical ability to make you fall in love. Magical ability, that's divination, boys. Hello, you need to get your wicked heart right when you get into that mess. Hello, something's wrong with that. Danny, I want you to grab your Bible and I gotta think the Bible has something else to say about this. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Verses 1 through 6.
2: Exodus 20, one through
0: 6? Yes, I want you to read that for me. Okay. okay. I think the Bible's got something to say about this.
2: Okay. Exodus chapter 20. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image for any likeness of anything that is in heaven above that is in the earth beneath or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God And a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and shewing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments.
0: Amen. Now, where in the Bible did he give us a command to send out love notes to each other with a little heart on the front of it, or in a heart shape? Hello. He didn't tell us to do that. He said the way you're supposed to. He says, by this all men shall know you're my disciples because you have love one for another. He said not because you send a a, a paper with the words on it. It's because you show it. Hello. 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 It ain't because you send some stupid little old valentine. God didn't ask you to do it that way. He told us never to have any other gods. How many of us remember the story of the brazen serpent? There are some fiery serpents biting the people because they had disobeyed God. He sent this plague of fiery serpents. And when a fiery serpent would bite somebody, they would... The people would die. But Moses, in God's mercy, was commanded to take... And make a brazen serpent, put it high on a pole, or a cross is what it was. It was a cross. It wasn't just a single stick straight up. It was actually made like a cross so that the serpent was wrapped around the crossbar so that it wouldn't fall off. And they were, he was told to raise it up. And he said, if the people look upon the brazen serpent, they'll be healed of the poisonous bites of the fiery serpents tormenting them. Now, they had a choice to look to that that brazen serpent or not. They had the choice. God showed his love. What did they do with that love gift that God did and that merciful gift he uh, gave? I'll tell you what they did. They took that very same brazen serpent, something that was meant for good, And instead of saying, okay, we're going to keep this as a symbol of God's grace and mercy, anybody caught worshiping this thing is going to be taken outside the city and stoned to death, as they should have been according to the law of Moses, they took and they started, you ready for this? They started burning incense to the stinking thing. Yeah. Hezekiah had to come on the scene and say, oh, no, we're not. Oh, no, we're not. He had to actually break it in pieces. Because people were burning incense under this thing. Rather than saying, we're going to have God as our God. No, they made this brazen serpent who was a symbol of what God can do. They turned it into a God. They took a love gift and turned it into wrong. Just as the Catholic Church has taken the love gift that the St. Valentine was doing for his wife, something that he was just doing out of generosity, they said, hey, let's, since this is about the time he either was born or died or whatever it was, hey, let's recognize him in a perpetual holiday, but let's go a little further. Hey, we got to talk about some half naked boy with bow and arrow who's going to shoot you in your heart, <laughs> and we're going to tell people how to do this a pagan way to so-called talk about love and kissing up. Uh, boys, if you really wanted this to be a holiday about love and talk about St. Valentine, why don't you talk about what St. Valentine talked about? Yes. Yeah. St. Valentine, uh, Valentine talked about the greatest love gift there ever was. John chapter 3, verses sixteen seventeen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God never sent Jesus to condemn anybody. That was the greatest love gift ever given. God said, I didn't come and send Jesus to condemn you. I sent Him there because I love you. And do you notice what happened? John 3, verse 14. John three fourteen. Come on, Danny. I need you to read that for me. John 3 and 14. Now, you're going to remember I just talked about the brazen serpent, but take a look at what John 3, 14 says. Okay. All right. Here it
2: is. Okay. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up.
0: Hello? Just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, Jesus is going to be lifted up. But guess what? Hello, Catholic Church did it again. What did they do with the serpent? Serpent was lifted up. They started burning incense to it. Guess what we're doing? Catholic Church lifts up Jesus on the cross every day and has Him still on the cross. And they got Mary as their God. And they leave Jesus on the cross when they forget He's already off the cross. He's already been buried, and he's already rose from the dead, and he's not in the tomb. Hello? But they, got, they did the same thing with Jesus. And some people, they, they take Jesus as a uh, good luck charm. They take the cross, the symbol of the cross, and they turn it into a good luck charm. You don't believe me? Go turn on your TV and watch a vampire movie and see what happens. Hellywood's done exactly that. They take in the cross and they show you, oh, hold it up in the face of the vampire, poof, he's gone, right? That ain't the way it works. Jesus ain't no good luck charm that you can use to get rid of the devil. The only thing Jesus is going to do for you is to save your soul. And then he'll tell you the way to go and how to live, but he ain't going to force you to live that way. Hello? Jesus ain't no good luck charm. But Jesus is the greatest love story ever told. God sent Jesus down here to die for every single person. And that was the greatest love story ever told. But thank goodness I don't have to worry about him being a good luck charm. Now think about this love story. Do you have to do anything to earn it? No. No. Don't have to do one thing to earn it. According to the Scripture... Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. According to Titus 3, 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of the water and regeneration of the Holy Ghost. See, it's Jesus who does the work. You don't have to do nothing. Now, that's a love story. He came, died enough for you. Why did he die for you? Well, we have to go back a little bit. According to the Bible, it says, Romans three twenty-three: For all have sinned and come short For the glory of God. That includes me. Includes you. It includes everybody. Well, if you're a sinner, what does that mean? Well, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Means you're, (laughs) you're going to hell. But let's not stop there. There's a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through Jesus. And only Jesus. He loved you so much, He came to die for you. He shed His blood for you. You know, the Bible says, and this one, Danny, I'm going to have you read, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. All right? Okay. I'll let you get that. Acts 4 and 12. Let's find out if we could get our way through Buddha or Allah or Muhammad or Joseph Smith or Charles Taz Russell. Let's see what the Bible has to say. Acts four twelve. Right.
2: Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must save.
0: So I could get saved through the Pope, right, Danny? No, sir. Uh how about Charles Taz Russell?
2: No way.
0: Uh Joseph Smith? No. Ellen G. White?
2: No,
0: no. How about Muhammad? No, sir. Buddha? No, sir. Confucius? No, sir. Cupid? Oh, St. No. <laughs> Valentine? How about it? No, no. Is he in there? No. No. Bible says no other name. Because there's no other way. Oh, come on. Now that's too single-minded, right? No. Come on, Ruthie. Get ready to read me a verse. John 14 and 6. Let's see what Jesus said to say. Did he say there's any other way to heaven? Well, the apostles said there's no other name. Well, did Jesus say there's any other way? Did he give us a, a backdoor option? Did he give us a shortcut into heaven? Did he say we could get there by Cupid or some other? What does the Bible say, Ruthie? Let's see. I Get closer here. Get closer. Can you reach it? I may have to go a little
1: farther. Or I can talk into it louder here. Okay. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me.
0: No man comes unto the Father. So who's the way, Danny? Jesus. Jesus. There's no other way. The only way is through Jesus. Revelation 3.20, he lets us know that picture a door on your heart. And he says, Behold, this is Jesus talking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. You notice the key words are into him. See, a lot of people miss that verse. They miss that that's the key words there. It didn't say, I will come to him. He says, I will come into him. He literally comes to reside in your heart. I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. That means you actually have communion. You have one-on-one relationship, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, but you don't get that with the Pope because you've got to live a good life and say enough Hail Marys. And then you might make it in. You can't do that with Joseph Smith because you have to give enough watchtowers out and sell enough watchtowers. You've got to be a good salesman. A it, and you can't do it with the Mormons. You've got to go out there and give enough books of Mormon out and bring enough uh, other people in. That's the only way you going to make it. But it's not one-on-one. It's not personal. But with Jesus, He says, I come into you. I come right on in. Move in and take up housekeeping. Well, how do you do it? How's it done? Oh, come on, preacher. It must be awful difficult and nobody can do it. It sounds too hard. Because if all have sinned, there's nobody going to make it. That's right. The Bible says all our righteousness is filthy rags. So ain't nothing you could do with your own works. But it is actually easy. God made it easy on us humans because he knows that we're sinful flesh. He knows we can't do it any other way than through Jesus. Well, how do you do it through Jesus? Simple. Danny, I want you to get three verses for me. want you start me at... Re- uh, actually, four verses. I want you to go Acts 16.31 Then jump over to... Romans 10.13. I'm going to let you start with those two. Okay?
2: 16.31 says, and, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house.
0: All right. That's what it said. Now, as he's getting the next verse, Romans 10.13, see, what happened is there was a Philippian jailer. The, you want to talk about the jailhouse rock there, Elvis Presley? This was the jailhouse rock, man. They were singing at midnight in jail. Now, most folks you don't see happening doing that, but that's because they had Jesus, and they knew who they had, and they knew who was with them. They weren't worried about it, and so they were singing praises to Jesus even in a jailhouse at midnight, and that place started a rocking and a rolling, and, and, and the keeper, the, the, the guard, he started ready to kill himself because he was afraid everybody took off because the doors flew open. But, uh-uh, sorry, this day and age, had exactly what would happen. All the jail people, all the prisoners would run off. But, uh-uh, them prisoners knew they, that Paul and Silas had something they wanted, so they stuck around. <laughs> and they said, the jailer came in when Paul said, look, we're all here, come on in. And the jailer come flying in, what must I do to be saved? Uh, you notice he said, what must I do? I do? Paul and them said, uh-uh, it ain't what you do, it's, here's what it is. You have to believe. That's the only thing you got to do. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll take care of it. Then you'll be saved. You got The only thing you got to do is believe. Have faith that Jesus died for your sins and rose again the third day. All right, Romans 10 and 13.
2: For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
0: Now, who does that include?
2: Whosoever, which means anyone.
0: That's right. Whosoever. That's anybody and everybody. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. Don't matter if you smoke dope. You, you've been a, 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 a horrid person. It don't matter if you're a whore, a slut, whatever else. You could be a pimp. You could be an addict. You could be a drunkard. Whosoever. That's you, boys. Anybody could be saved. Well, what do you got to do? Well, let me explain to you a little closer what Paul and Silas, I believe, was saying at that jail. Danny, I just want you to bump up a few verses and read us verses 9 and 10 of the same chapter, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And let's see what God's recipe for getting saved is. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth
2: the Lord Jesus, And shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation.
0: Now you notice, here's the recipe. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, something verbal, you got to do. You got to do this. It didn't say to other people. It says to your, to Jesus you got to confess Him as your Lord and Savior. It says, confess the Lord Jesus. You've got to confess Him as Lord. And then you've got to believe in your heart. That's the inner being of your innermost being. You've got to believe that God rose Him from the dead. Why? Because devils believe and tremble. But you've got to do a little more than just believe. You've got to inwardly, 100% believe. That put means you put your total faith and total trust on the very facts that are written in the Bible that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you're going to be saved. For with the... What is the next words, Danny? For with the... Mouth. Mouth. See? you got to do something with your mouth. The tongue and the lips heart. Oh, that's the heart. For with the heart, okay.
2: That man believeth unto righteousness.
0: See, with your heart you do the believing. But with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. If you don't open your pie hole, oh, you'll open it to gossip on a phone, why can't you open it to confess Jesus as your Savior? Go gossip on that one. Yes. So tonight, tonight, as we get ready, I'm going to close in prayer here in a sec, but as we get ready, I want to ask you, what would you, what are you going to tell Jesus about the love gift he offered you? Not some stupid valentine buzzard flying around with his wings and his bow and his arrow half naked. Don't want to know about that. I want to know, what are you doing with God's love gift? So, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you right now that you would just touch this message, Lord. That you would just bless the listener, Lord. That you would just touch their hearts right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, for those that are not saved, Lord, would you right now show them their need of you, Savior. Lord Jesus, would you let them know that you love them beyond any love they've ever known. It's a love beyond understanding. It's a peace beyond understanding, Lord. And all they have to do is reach out and claim it. Lord, we ask you right now that you would just bless right now this invitation. Lord, and help them to understand their need for you. In the name of Jesus, amen.